Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're back with episode 205. Let's jump right in. I was having lunch with uh, my buddy the other day. He's uh, my office mate, actually. We shared an office, uh, and we're still actually looking for a brand new one. And uh, he was, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's got a uh, extensive background in both science and business, and he's actually part of three startups, uh, one of which is actually is starting to grow. And he was telling me about an unfortunate situation that he has with one of his current business partners. And, um, you know, I, w- I want to just uh, frame this at the outset that my friend is not the type of person to engage in gossip or hyperbole. He's not the type of person to exaggerate. So I know that when he expresses frustrations over a person, they're usually pretty spot on. And I just wanted to get that out of the way because I don't know this other person. But he was telling me about this individual. And uh, I'll give you kind of the short version. The person is a uh, physician. The person has been very successful in the past and was brought on board as a chief medical officer. But unfortunately, while the person looked great on paper, it just hasn't worked out for the startup. And uh, the individual has demanded a really high salary, even more so than what the CEO is making. He's demanded a house, apparently a, a private driver, first class or business class airline tickets for travel. And the worse, he's said up front, apparently, that he doesn't really want to do the work. He just wants to be the quote unquote face of the company. And when you hear something like that, when I heard that, I, I just started laughing because it was just so outlandish and over the top. It reminded me of something you might see on HBO Silicon Valley. But then I thought about it and I really sympathized with my friend. This is a very difficult position that he's in because he now has to uh, try to work with that person to do a separation. It's not as easy as firing this person because you know this person is a business partner. And uh, it's unfortunate because the person is actually ducking my friend's calls. So I was thinking about this and, you know, I see this too often. A lot of people will go into business, they'll start businesses with their friends and it's easy to see the positive, the potential, but you have to think about the hard questions. How do you handle conflict? What are your expectations? Do you know what it means to work in a startup? Being in a startup, even one that's funded, you're living frugally. It's not as glamorous as what you might see on social media. And so it's important to go in with the right expectations, have those hard conversations. And I always say this is a rule that I apply having you know made the same mistake in the past, uh, partnering with the wrong people. Look for people who are hungry, but don't look for people who are dis- uh, complacent or desperate. You want people who are going to put in the work and put in the time and understand that things don't happen overnight. 
who will be willing to sacrifice, but you don't want people who will rest on their laurels or past accomplishments or credentials. And you certainly don't want people who are desperate for things to happen overnight, because as I've shared over the last couple of weeks, working with my dad, taking his business online, things don't happen overnight. But I'd love to hear your experiences. Hit me up. If you have experiences with business partners, good, bad, in between, I'd love to hear about your experiences. All right, part two, let's talk about Best practices for creating a Poshmark listing. Hop on the app. if you Once you've downloaded it, at the bottom, you'll see a little camera icon. The first thing you start off with are photos. My first best practice is that if you are selling uh, new or retail items like my dad has, I do recommend put them on a mannequin. Uh, if you are growing your Poshmark business, at some point you're going to want to probably invest in a mannequin or form if you don't have one. You can find lots of used ones online for very inexpensive. I say that mannequins are a lot like used pianos. They're always ones you can find for sale. If you are selling used items from your closet, uh, a best practice that I see a lot is uh, actually use photos of you wearing the item. And the reason why it's best to use either yourself as a model or use a form is it gives the potential buyer a real a full dimensional look at what the garment will look like. If it's just hanging on a hanger, think about when you go to buy clothes and you see clothes hanging on a hanger, you don't really get a good sense of what that item will look like on you. And usually you will wanna go try it on. So I do recommend try to give that three dimensional view. Use all the photos that Poshmark gives you. They give you eight and uh, try to take as many angles as you can. Be consistent with the photos in your in your listings because that's going to be part of your brand. In the beginning, I used all eight. I'll share a best practice that I do today. I actually now use seven, and I usually leave one extra available so that if I get a question that is best answered with an additional photo, I'm able to take, let's say, a different angle or a measurement and then update the listing accordingly. Underneath that, you're going to get the title. You get 50 characters. Fill up those 50 characters. Don't just say dress or shirt. Make your descriptions robust. Poshmark is a search engine like anything else. So you want to optimize the SEO for your listing. So instead of saying shirt, you might say golf shirt, striped golf shirt. Or let's say instead of dress, you might say red prom dress with sequins. So think about making your descriptions robust. One thing I do see on some Poshmark listings, which I'm not really a big fan of, I see sometimes people will use emojis. I know they're cute, I know they're visual, but when you think about it, most people are not gonna search for garments using emojis. So remember, you only have 50 characters, use that space wisely. Underneath, you do get a description. Now here you get a lot more space. I recommend, this is where you're gonna fill in the brand, the color, the fabric. Here you, you have more room to put in measurements if you wanna put in measurements and, and things like that. Uh, if you're selling a used item, do be upfront about the condition. If there are any flaws, scuff marks, or any any little damage to the item, be upfront about it. Also, you should probably be upfront about that in the photos. You really want your customer to know what he or she is getting. Uh, if you're selling new or retail and you plan on building out a lot of listings on your Poshmark store, so for example, my dad has over 600 listings, get into the practice early of using a stock keeping unit number. Now, this can be almost any number. It can be the style number from the tag. It can be your own coding system, but you're going to want some tag number in the description to keep track of your inventory because let's say you need to update the listing. You're not going to want to scroll through three. Uh, 600 listings, where 500, where 1,000 listings, 
because it's search engine optimized, you can use a style number to actually search very quickly through your own closet to narrow down and find a, uh, a, gar a particular garment. So get into the habit of doing that early. Uh, beneath that, you're just going to use a series of menus, everything from category type to brand to color, status, is it new, is it used? I mean, make use of as many of these as possible because, again, that all goes to the SEO of your listing. Uh, list the original price and then set a price that you're listing the actual item for sale. Poshmark underneath will show you what your net revenue from sales will be minus their commission. So go through that. When I first started, it took me about five minutes per listing. Not bad. Uh, do take your time with it, but you'll get into a rhythm as you do more of these. And now I usually average about two minutes per listing. So I'm usually able to get a listing up pretty quickly. Uh, so it, my homework assignment for you is if you set up your Poshmark store and you want to try this out, you know, take one of your, your items, whether it's something new with that you're not wearing and it still has the tags where if it's something in your closet that's been there for weeks or months and you're not wearing it anymore, create a listing on Poshmark. And if you want the tips for getting started, head on over to bemovingforward.com. All right, part three, what am I reading? I just finished the third book in the Star Wars Timothy Zahn trilogy. The third book and the last book was The Last Command, aptly titled. And I want to thank Angelo. Shout out to Angelo. He gave me a first print edition of all three books in the trilogy uh, over Christmas. It was a great present. So thank you, Angelo. Uh, I really love the first quarter. The first quarter, the first half of this book was a really gripping espionage tale involving Leia and a new character, Mara Jade, who's been introduced in this trilogy. And I was really hoping they'd go and follow through on this track. Unfortunately, I felt like it suffered the same problems as the middle book. It dragged in the middle, and then the end was just a retread of what we've seen before. I felt like it was just repeating beats that we've seen in Return of the Jedi. And I was thinking about this. Why is this trilogy not resonating with me. And I think it's because they're using the Empire as the antagonist, as the bad guys. And I kind of have the same issue with the new Disney films. I would have rather seen a brand new threat to the galaxy. I think it would have been more interesting. I think by going back and continuing the war with the Empire, it hamstrings the story a little bit more. But Overall, it was a fun series to read, and if you like the first book and the second book, I do I give soft recommend to Last Command to fin finish out the trilogy. I'll be back next week with a new book. Uh, if you want, follow me on social. Tips are available for Poshmark at bemovingforward.com. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward.